42 DMV. It is episode 41 of Chirpin DMV. It is local puck talk. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody out there. It's the last day of the regular season for a lot of high school teams. And that's what this episode centered on. No juniors, no colleges this week, guys. We're looking at high school playoffs. It's the end of the season. It's the start of the grind. It's the start of the one and done. We're talking CSHL, MAPHL, MSHL, NVSHL. We got some people hopping on to talk with us from certain leagues, some coaches, some some board members to kind of give a season recap, preview the episode. It's only me today, um, but like I said, we're, we're going to do that. But we also have a new segment, Throwback Thursday, so we're going to do two of the leagues. We're going to throw Throwback Thursday on to break up the leagues and then do the other two leagues after, and then we'll be done because it's Friday. You don't want to sit around and listen all day. You're ready to get to the rink. You're ready to play your game because it's the last day of the regular season for a lot of these teams out here across the board in the DMV. So, Throwback Thursday, I guess I'll kind of explain that real quick. It's me, it's KP, it's AB, it's us sitting around, drinking beers, just putting the mics hot, and clicking record, and recording for two hours, just talking about the glory days, man, back in the day, playing high school, playing youth, doing all that stuff, coming up, and taking the best 30, 40 minutes out of it, and putting it in here for you guys, so enjoy that, it's a little bit different, so with that being said, let's get right into it. Bart down. All right, we have on Matt Sini, board member and scheduler for the CSHL. Uh, basically, we're just going to get into the season, uh, basically how it all played out, how, how the playoff format's going to uh, come about. So uh, how was the season so far? Yeah, season's been great. Um, you know, this was our sixth season in the CSHL, and, uh, you know, we really strive to, to create a great um, experience, a high school hockey experience for, for all our members, and we, we feel we did that again this year. Uh, if you look at the teams, um, you know, T.C. Williams, uh, again, very strong. Uh, Blake Braddock, um, you know, winning or going to win the South Division. Um, that was, uh, um, you know, kind of a little bit of a surprise, but, uh, yeah, we've seen um, – seen sort of uh some, some different teams rise up but then we also have some of the, the traditional teams the traditional powers of the league uh in there uh and that's kind of how the regular season went went this year is the uh so is the season over or is it kind of wrapping up at the end of this week i think i saw a couple games yeah, on friday so, so friday night uh is is the last round of uh of regular season games um and we'll uh um you know tc and lake braddock have already locked in the the top seeds out of their division uh but um, most of the, uh, you know, some of the other seats are still a little, little, little bit of uh, jockeying for a position that can take place um, tomorrow night. Um, you mentioned T.C. Williams there. Uh, they've had a great season, obviously. You mentioned a couple of their upperclassmen before we uh, talked and uh, their goaltending. You want to dive, uh, dive into that real, real quick? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you look at high school hockey, if you've got strong goaltending, you got a, some star players that can that can really create some scoring chances out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you got a strong group of seniors, strong group of upperclassmen, uh, you know, that's sort of a, a really great recipe to, to have success. And TC Williams, they, they've got that in spades. You know, they've got uh, a great goalie. Um, they've they've got the experience. A lot of upperclassmen. They were they were in the championship game last year. Right. 
they, they won it two years ago. And a lot of those kids that uh, were, were, were in both those runs, they're, they're juniors and seniors now, and then they're back at it. And I think we saw that uh, with their dominance in the regular season. They've just, uh, they've, they've been playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, but they've, they've got a great group of seniors leading them and, and they got the right mix and uh, look to be pretty strong and, and definitely a favorite going into the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I know in my experience that uh, usually the teams with more depth tend to go on further. I mean, every team has their one or two studs, but if it really only matters when you have a good core of players that uh, can take you through a playoff run like that. Um, yeah. What about uh, on the, after T.C. Williams, what are some dark horses that uh, that might do well in the playoffs? Yeah, I think um, if you look immediately after them, you, you got to like, yeah, like Lake Braddock, you know, they've, Right. Uh, they're going to finish the regular season with, with one loss, mm-hmm. uh, won the South division. Um, and they've got a good makeup. They got, I think nine seniors on their team and strong goaltending, um, Washington Liberty defending champ. Um, uh, they're another strong team. Um, but if you, if you're really looking for a true dark horse, um, I would put my eye on Woodbridge, uh, uh-huh. their team, not quite as deep as, as, um, as some of the other teams. They've, they've had a little bit of a, if you look at their record in the regular season, um, you know, you know, not not as great as as you'd probably want, but their schedule is pretty strong. They played TC Williams, they mm-hmm. played Washington Liberty, they played West Potomac, the top three teams in the North Division, and you know, um, they've actually played TC. They were winning going to a third period, and that was uh, earlier this month or earlier in January. Mm-hmm. And then they end up beating West Potomac uh, um, a couple weeks ago. So you gotta like that. You know, they're kind of building momentum going into the playoffs. They have a great goaltender. They got a few guys that can. Uh, that can definitely, uh, you know, create some scoring chances out of nothing. They aren't quite as deep as as maybe the teams at the top, right. but look to be one of those teams where if uh, you know the goalie gets hot and keeps it keeps a low scoring game, they, they definitely have the players that uh, um, you know they might. Their, their mo is they've they they can hang with any team for two periods, but uh, you know the question for them I think will be you know can they uh, do they have enough fuel in the tank uh, going to the third period against that's against one of the favorites to, to pull an upset. Right, yeah, and a hot goal is always a recipe for a successful playoff team. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Matt. So talk talk about about that playoff structure a little bit. Does every team make it? Is it like a bracket style? What What do you guys got going on? Yeah, yeah. So uh, when the CSHL uh, formed, uh, we're in our sixth season now. When when we formed, one of the emphasis was um, we wanted to, you, you know, in high school. A lot of these kids are playing in their travel teams, and they have different tournaments that takes them out of games, and and to make up the roster you know, any given week throughout the regular season for these teams can can vary. And we, we decided to go with every team making uh, the playoffs and really to put an emphasis on the regular season, on, on allowing coaches to, to play their full rosters, um, get some kids on the ice who, who um, you know, if, if you're playing for that last playoff spot, you know, might not might not get uh, you might not get your fourth liners on the ice a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to worry about if if your top three players are out at a, a travel game, you know, how that's going to impact you if, if you're going to miss the playoffs, if you lose that game or not. So right. that was the the rationale behind that, and and we've we really enjoyed that. Um, and I think that also adds to as we go into the playoffs, you know, you have some teams that you know maybe they haven't shown all their cards yet, um, right. and you know they shorten the bench a little bit and might catch somebody off guard. But uh, um, so every team makes a playoff. We have 14 teams, and the way the seeding works is the the top team in the north and the top team in the south. It's it's a bracket style. Um, they're going to be paired on on or they're going to be on opposite sides of the bracket. Right. And they receive a first round bye, and then uh, 
the number two team in the north will be on the side of the bracket with the number one team in the south. So in this case, um, we actually already have the you know Lake Braddock's going to be um, the top team on the one side, and Washington Liberty, who's in the north, will be paired on that side. So if there's no upsets, those two teams would 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 meet in the semifinal. And right. what we found is you know every team in the north they play each other and they only play uh, a few crossover games with the south. So we see some different matchups and that we might not have seen in the in the regular season and i think it creates a, an exciting format um and it allows teams to you know spend the regular season kind of just building their building their team getting getting different players on the ice and and exposure there and um then when it comes down to the playoffs you see the teams kind of tighten things up a little bit right uh, the benches might shorten a little bit but uh yeah it makes for fun and exciting uh, uh playoff and do teams reseed after each round or is it just continue on with their Oh, no, this see. is old school, straight up. Uh, gotcha. You know, you have the the seven seed pulls the upset and starts making a run, and uh, um, you know it, it can be exciting. And, and part of that goes back to um, you know using you know the way the regular season shakes out is sure. you know kind of teams not worrying about if they're the second seed or the fifth seed and all that. It's sort of we line up and play it, and um, you know you got to win three or four games, uh, you know, in the playoffs to to, to go win the cup, and yeah. uh, you, you're gonna have to beat the team in front of you. So gotcha. Um, so I guess my last question here is, um, are there any players to watch in these playoffs? Uh, who are the top players to just keep an eye out for who can really take over this tournament, these playoffs? Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at, um, you come back to TC Williams, obviously with as dominant as they've been, uh, Jason Townsend, who was the, uh, player of the year last year. Um, and he's leading the league again in points yep. this year. Yep. Uh, that that's the, the first person you'll look at. Um, you gotta like, uh, Blake Braddock with, uh, Charlie Wojniak. He's, uh, he's a gamer. He can play. He's the type of guy who, um, you know, can put the puck in the net and, and, and create some opportunities for that team. So steal I would say, games. yeah, those, those two guys. And then if you're looking at goalies kind of mentioned, uh, you know, Woodbridge is his goalie, um, Ethan McNiff. He, uh, if he gets hot, you know, he could be one of those guys that, uh, you know, carries, uh, carries, uh, Woodbridge and maybe pulls an upset or two. And, for and sure. they make a deep run. Yep. Is there a, like a team defense is one team have like a more solid defense. You think that's going to be in this playoffs that we should watch out for. Like can really play a <laughs> yeah. solid defensive game yeah great question you know bishop ironton plays a a one three one trap um they have that in their mix and they've they're well practiced at it and it's something that i know uh what i've seen is it can catch some teams off guard a little bit yeah it can definitely frustrate you yeah so you never know how that's going to play out but uh it it could be something that you know depending on the matchup and, and who they play um they could catch someone off guard frustrate them and you know if you go a couple periods and you know you you know, Bishop Barrington gets a couple, you know, power play goals or something, uh, you know, it could definitely change the dynamic. So that's, uh, that is an interesting mix right there. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all the questions we have. Uh, thanks for the recap. Um, looking forward to the CSHL playoffs. Again, you said TC Williams is kind of the team to look out for Lake Braddock there too, but, uh, there were some dark horses out there. So, uh, hopefully it's an interesting playoffs and a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. Thanks, Matt. Bye. Bark down. Off the bar. Bark down. Cross bark and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right, MVSHL section of the show per usual, but this time we're joined by Coach Mercer of Chantilly. Coach, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Good. So uh, 9-0 season, undefeated, I believe one game left. Kind of take us through the season so far, how it's been. I mean, what's what's gotten you guys uh, to this point as being the only undefeated team left in the league? 
uh, we've had some, you know, some breaks fall our way. Uh, never hurts having an Owen Morgan on our team uh, <laughs> to, you know, run away with a scoring lead. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, we've had some breaks, breaks fall our way. You know, guys have stayed healthy. Uh, we had a couple games where we were missing players and it turned out the other team was missing players as well. So uh, um, I just been very fortunate. For sure. So you mentioned Owen Morgan. He's at 33 goals, 7 assists, 40 points. Kind of talk about what he means uh, to your team and your program and the leadership uh, that he's shown throughout this year. Um, it's not just been this year. It's been all four years. I mean, he's our only senior. Um, you know, I, he he doesn't stop. I mean, he's got a motor that just doesn't quit. Um, you know, but uh, having him do that for our team, uh, it brings some of the some you know brings a lot of the other players along with him. Uh, they see his effort and his his land, leaving it all out on the ice, and so they want to do the same thing. For sure. So through, looking at your schedule here, I mean, a lot of blowouts this year. A couple close ones. I believe a six-five win over Tuscarora. You had that that big game with Battlefield. Do you like seeing your team win those close games, or do you kind of prefer them? That are you are you happy as a coach? I should say to see these blowout wins, or you, do you kind of like to see wins in close games so you know your team's almost kind of battle tested and ready for playoffs? The blue wins are nice every once in a while, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean the close wins are good. Um, you know, it, it, and especially you know we've got we've had some young players that we've had to incorporate in the roster. Uh, you know, more than half of our our our, uh, our defense this year are freshmen. Um, so seeing them grow as the season's gone along, um, get comfortable with the league, and and uh, seeing them develop has, has been has been nice. Um, but yeah, I mean the tight games. You know, to see see the guys step up and pull pull through on these tight games is, is good, especially going into the playoffs because the playoffs are going to be tough. For sure. So you mentioned playoffs. Like I said, probably you're looking at probably the first seed in the state in the league. What's kind of the mm-hmm. expectation for you guys? I mean, you got to be thinking it's almost state championship or bust. I mean, what are you guys looking forward to? Um, kind of what's the mindset going into playoffs? One game at a time. Exactly. Can't look ahead. Beautiful. Can't look ahead. It. So um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, I think last year there was a big expectation for us. You know, we we kind of put maybe put a little for pressure on ourselves, and uh, you know, we had some injuries, things like that to deal with in the first round, and, and we we snuck past Broad Run last year in the first round, ran into some problems in the second round against Langley. So, mm-hmm. um, so the mentality is just focus on the game in front of us. So, last thing here, I'll kind of ask you about from a league-wide perspective. I mean, you guys obviously a favorite. Who are some other favorites uh, that you think could you know? could potentially make that run and who are a couple dark horses you think in this league now i think broad run broad runs you know they're they're deep they're tough every year um battlefield bad battlefield uh we were very fortunate the the night we got you know we played them uh they were missing some people due to conflicts with with travel rosters and everything else so uh you know i think they're they're another one they're they're deep they're they've got talented defense um solid goaltending so i I think they they will present a problem for everybody. But uh, some dark horses, you know, you look at Flint Hill. I mean, they've got some players on that team: Ayers, uh, Dombrowski, Wheeler. I mean, those guys are putting up some points. I think they could surprise somebody in that first round. For sure. So I guess last thing I'll ask you: with if you guys were to you know go all the way, what's it, what's it going to be behind? Is it going to be behind that high scoring offense and Owen Morgan, or do you think it's going to be because your defense steps up or your goaltending, or what's really going to be your horse that uh, your team's going to have to ride to win it all? Uh, I think it's I think it's the balance. You know, we've got uh, Hillison back in net. Uh, he provides a a calming influence for everybody in front of him. Um, and like I said, the the defense has grown throughout the season um, with Valentin leading 
leading that group back there. I mean, he's, he's rock solid back on the blue line. Um, but then having Owen up front, you know, pulling everybody along with him, uh, I think that balance is going to be what gets us where we go. For sure. Well, Coach, uh, we won't take too much of your time here, but we appreciate you coming on, and best of luck to you and the uh, Chantilly squad throughout the playoffs. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. All right, have a good one. You too. All right, guys, so that was Coach Mercer from Chantilly. Like we said, the only undefeated team in the NVSHL right now. Uh, they're 9-0-0. They're sitting atop that Norris division. They've locked up that Norris division. So it looks like things are going to stay that way. Um, broad run, top of the Smythe division. They're 9-1-0. Battlefield on top of the Patrick, 7-2-1. I believe every team in this league does play 10 games. So a lot of teams are done, and a lot of teams will be done tonight. So we'll get a full idea of standings next week. Langley, again, on top of that Adams division, 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. Kind of a really tight division down there with Langley at 9 points, McLean at 9 points, Madison at 7. Uh, we just talked to Coach Coach Mercer from Chantilly. They have a solid 5-point lead over Yorktown in the Norris, so they've run away with that one. Uh, the Smythe division broad run, same thing, 5 points. They're up on Riverside. And then Patrick... Uh, Again, a five-point lead for Battlefield, as Coach Mercer mentioned, a good team. So NVSHL playoffs coming up soon, and we'll see how it all plays out. Hello? Hello? Derek. So did I. You all left me at the bar with him. Oh, we left you attuned with him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that time. But I'm talking about the time. I don't remember what year it was. I was uh, maybe a peewee. I don't know. We were probably peewees or squirts, double A. Derek was a coach. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, peewees. I think we were peewees. And turn down the volume on the TV. So then, uh, so here we go. Derek's the coach. I'm the co-captain with uh, okay this kid Michael. Forget his name. He's a big. Kid. Oh yeah, tall kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't talk a lot. Fuck. What was his name? I don't remember his last. <laughs> he was like got ahead like he, Indian descent. Yeah, kind of he, he was he was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he he was a good guy. He was me and him as captains. So it was the end of the year. We were playing away. I think we were down at Hampton Roads. Uh, we needed four points that weekend to get in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And we needed the team uh-huh. to lose, something stupid like that. Whatever. And it's not happening. My little kid, dream mine, I'm whatever, years old, 10, 12. And I'm thinking so bad. Like, this is life or death. I'm the captain. I want to get our team there. And we don't do it. And all the parents are partying in the hotel. Uh-huh. And Derek just came into my room because my dad told him I was all upset about it. He was like all wasted and he was like, man, it's okay. It's going to be good. Who cares? We'll get him next year. It was just it was a really good talk he had. It was a good coaching moment. And he was fucked up? Yeah. Dude, good guy. I mean, that guy gets fucked yeah, I feel like he gets fucked up a lot. I feel like you got to get fucked up to Dude, coach kids, man. I mean, it's hard. He was... <laughs> He was at Toons by himself. Getting <laughs> fucking blasted. Just absolutely chilling. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill, when you've been a coach, how, how I mean, fuck, oh, deal, fuck dealing up. with the kids, it's fuck just... I, dude, I would get you know so fucked annoying? up with the parents on tournaments. Oh, yeah, we did I do that. Um, Notre Dame, dude, we were blacked out every yeah, night. Yeah, we could talk about that that trip we had. Uh, where is Notre Dame located again? In uh, Illinois, in Indiana? Like Chicago? Chicago? Area? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we flew, I think we flew into Chicago, actually, but that weekend was sick because we just went out to the bars South all Bend, around. Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. Yep. That's we it, went baby. out to all the bars around after uh, the games. We're coaching a high school team, and parents just bought our drinks the whole time. And we were in, like, a college town, too. Do yeah. you remember the yeah, one night? Yeah, they're all rich-ass parents, too. So they're yeah. private school, dude, yeah, so... Private school. Dude, so the one night we go out, we get fucking rocked, dude. We go to like the college bars, dude. It was fucking wild.
wild. <laughs> Went to like four or five different bars. Parents are just like, well, like a group, a big group split off, and then us. there was a pack of like six or seven of us left, and then we went to like a legit college bar, like kids sleeping on the tables and shit, dude. Like I remember me and band. one dad went over and started stacking cuffs on this drunk girl's head, <laughs> just like sleeping Christ. at the table. Oh yeah, the one there was like all the guys in there had basketball jerseys on, like trying to be the college look. Yeah. And uh, then after that, I was like, probably There's four or five dads, dads left. And uh, they're like, well, we're going to go back to the hotel and drink. And we're like, okay, we're going. <laughs> okay. And like, I, somebody had like a bottle of rum and we just crushed it and then had to get up like at 6 a.m. to go coach a team. For a game. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah it was Billman, I think, slipped on the bench. And were you guys head Palum- coaches? No. Columbia. No. Columbia was, was. was coaching. This was when we, um, yeah, we were fucked up, dude. We stayed up to like 5 a.m. with uh, three of the dads and we were just drinking and chilling. <laughs> yeah, but those are the memories you get. Fucking yeah. on the road, like war dogging it, you know. Dude, that tournament that you're talking, or not the tournament, but the um, the two days in Hampton. Was there another Bowie team there at the time? Probably, yeah. We did. I think we did that at least once every year. We'd go um, down there for like a weekend. Cause I remember, I don't know how, but I got what like, like I was two age groups below them, but I was like with, I was hanging out with like fucking JoJo and Turjan. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and Gramlich at the time. Gramlich or Gramlich? I forget. Gramlich. Um, and there was a wedding at the hotel, and we, we, like, went to sneak into the wedding, and, the like, the usher is like, whoa, 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 like, like what, are you, what are you kids doing What's here? What's going on here? And Gramlich just goes, oh, we're Uncle Ned's kids, <laughs> trying to get us into the fucking wedding. <laughs> that guy was a legend, though. Yeah. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, RIP. Yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a great story there. But, yeah, it was fucking... That shit was cheddar. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Knee hockey back in the day. We could dive into that. Dude. How, how much could we talk about? You know how many sticks I broke? Fucking. Remember, do you remember when Cam and Kirby got in a fight? <laughs> Cam Culver. Do you remember when we were like 12? I, I don't think either of you were on the team, but we went up to somewhere in Pennsylvania for a tournament, and uh, Cam Colbert found a bag of cocaine under his hotel bedroom. <laughs> And we were like twelve, and his parents we had were no like, idea what it was. "His parents like were in the room, and he like walked up to his parents like, what is this? Oh my God! Like, look at this powder!'" His parents were like, "Oh God! What is this?" <laughs> and they ended up turning it into the police, and there was like twenty dollars that was with the cocaine, and Cam got to, like gave the twenty bucks. No, I think they gave like somebody gave him twenty bucks to make him feel good, but I think they took it as evidence. Maybe. <laughs> they took it as evidence, so they took it for a free twenty dollars worth of cocaine. <laughs> Dude, thinking about it now, I don't think I remember the police. Like, what if the guy like. They just took it to like the front desk, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, we'll definitely call this in." Yeah, he's yeah, like, they, "Fuck your <laughs> He's like, "Free cocaine." Cow- so fuck on the topic of local hockey, just shit popping into my head. Like, how do you think a lot of kids get started playing hockey uh, nowadays? Because back in the day, I guess uh, we had the roller rink. That's how our area got started. It's just, dude. Do you at think this it's point, pure it's just, caps. Yeah, right I think, now, I think at this point, it's just parents putting their five or six year old kid. Mm-hmm into hockey because they watch, they like the caps. Right yeah, and uh, I guess that the people that are having kids right now. now, like the, the I guess, 25 to 38 dream would have be having the most kids. And I think they, they grew up on, like, in the area, a lot of more, that age group grew up more with hockey, I guess, than it is nowadays, I would say. Yeah. So that's how kids are getting involved, maybe. Yeah. And parents uh, that like hockey and they want to get their kid into the sport. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or, ki- or parents who, like, used to play themselves which is not many right yeah Yeah, it's not a lot at all i mean we're the we're gonna be that age group that's when they'll get that's when they'll get the biggest that's when if that's when you'll see the biggest influx in this area is like 
our age group when we have kids that are old enough to play. Yeah. Because that's just going to be like all of us growing up playing. Yeah. And growing up when the caps were good. Well, yeah. I think <laughs> the biggest reason we had so many you know, kids in the cup, in like, the, fuck uh, yeah, I want my kid to play hockey. That was awesome. Yeah. Right. And we were getting fucked up hanging out at Capramont Arena. <laughs> like, it yeah. was like, I know my, my little cousin got started because um, we had a Hershey tournament. And he, like, my whole family went up because they wanted to go to Hershey Park. But I was just having a, tur- I just happened to have a tournament at the same time. So they came to like a game, and then my little cousin was like, "I want to play this, like, for real, for real." Right. Well, I guess hockey is always going to be like the hardest sport to get, get more kids involved at a mass, other than like football or stuff like that, just because yeah. of the the price. Yeah, that's always going to be number one. Stupid expensive. You're right. trying to buy a new it's like, stick. Well, new if if stick. you think about it, like town, there's. Uh, probably half the people you know wouldn't even have played hockey or like at least not as gone as far or been in, as involved in hockey if it wasn't for the Calvert Roller Rink in Calvert County. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bowie became like half Calvert. Right. And uh, like, because yeah, my Bowie dad, that's how big, Northern, Huntington, like they had those those hockey teams for so long. It's that Calvert Roller Rink that was up. Well, my dad was saying that like Alfaro like, Alfer- was getting Calvert. pissed because there were so many like roller kids Calvert kids coming up to Bowie and like kind of like taking over, taking yeah, taking over some of the teams. For a couple years there, we were literally just a Calvert Bruins. Yeah, like my it went from like my age group all the way down like Ryan's. Our our age groups were like pretty split. I thought like being like I'm saying, we're all there at the same time. Half the guys age all the way down the Ryan's age. We're all there at the same time, just running running amok at that place. Like my age group didn't have that many kids that played hockey like after the calvert deal really it was just like me cole robbins kirby from calvert that i mean that was about my on your pick. team yeah dude all, mike our, half our team was like it was like yeah, I guess I, i'm thinking grade wise i was just, uh, mike, I, mike I, was with you guys but mike yeah. was with us but your age he was 93 i don't know i feel like 94s like there's definitely a lot more 94s in there yeah 94s is like it was me mitch cj brent uh Kreppel, um, but that's just Huntington. You got to think. Robert Hand, Northern probably had a Drew, uh, Cody, Mick, Robert I mean, Santiago, Santiago. Yeah, like ninety fours were. Yeah, I guess. I guess there were a lot of more ninety fours and ninety threes. And then the ninety two with uh Terzon, Clark, Billman, Griff, yep. Krep. Yeah, we were chilling. Yeah, there was a shit ton. We all went at once. Yep, we're like, hey, this is our hockey club now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, we were like so. Fuckers. My first year of ice, um, I played squirt rec, and it was me, Kirby, Mitch, CJ, um, and Cole, and, and Daryl was the coach <laughs> of a rec team, and he was just screaming at these, like, 9- and 10-year-old little kids that, like, could barely skate, but then there was, like, me, again, like, me, Kirby, CJ, and, like, like, we were not a rec team. And we weren't going into like playing rec teams, be- like beating the them year? like nine Half, nothing. Halfway through that, that year, year that, Kirby, that Kirby was, had to come up. Yeah, he had like I was 110 on 110 goals. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was on the travel team that year. Yeah, uh, me, Mike Pick, and Brent Ouser from Calvert. And yeah, they literally brought this kid Kirby up halfway through the year. And we're like, oh yeah, this kid's sick. And the other guys were like, ah, I don't know. I was like, ah, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> like they, I think they literally kicked him out of the rec league because of that. Yeah, he couldn't play. I think his parents signed him up for it just because they were they like, didn't know that was his first right. year. They were yeah, like, we oh, we'll just throw him in a league and we'll see how he does. Yeah, that's we'll what 
all four of us did, I think, because we all came from Calvert at the same time. Right, as you're roller. just doing roller. You don't even know anything about the yeah. politics and bullshit you don't know, you that don't, comes you into You haven't even seen your son ice skate. Yeah. You're just like, go play rec. And I was playing. That's not a bad start to your career, though. It's like, what's, what happened in your first year of ice hockey? I got kicked out of the rec league. I scored <laughs> way too many goals. I remember like, Cody, uh, his first couple years, he played on rec teams and stuff. He played like out, that. right? Or did he play goalie? No, he played goalie. He uh, might have started out, then switched. Okay. But it was one game at that, uh, that rank. <laughs> Near DC, Wheaton, or what it used to be outdoors, might not be Wells. Outdoors. Wells, yeah. Wells. It was there. It was a rec game. I was invited to come play because they only had like 10 guys. They were like, all right, come skate. And I was like, oh shit, hell yeah. Like, I'm this fucking. Yeah, eight, let's, eight let's score like five goals. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I remember going out there and like the first shift, I get the puck behind our net and I try to go end to end. I get to our blue line and got rocked and just the wind. <laughs> I literally got the wind knocked out of me, skated the bench. I was like, yeah, I'm passing. Were you playing Squirt or Peewee? I don't even know how old I was. I thought I was hot shit. Yeah. Got wrecked. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. I was going to say, because there weren't hitting. There wasn't it hitting in squirt. Order. Yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I played, like, my first year was squirt rec. And then, yeah, we kind of, like, dominated that squirt rec league. So then I, I didn't get caught up in the middle of that season, obviously. But um, then next year we were all on that squirt A team together. I never played squirts. Oh, you came in as Pee Wee? I came in as second year Pee Wee. Yeah. Because I stayed and played, like, two extra years of roller hockey. Yeah. At I went at to Calvert. like played no I went to like Linnetown one year because they had a really good league, okay. and then I played somewhere I think I, I want to say like played in Laurel. So I played like a travel inline team instead of going to ice when everybody else was going to ice and I was like mom fuck this I want to play ice. So we switched to when I think I was around like eleven or twelve, um, we switched to Waldorf and that's where we met like Turjan and Travis Reese. I knew Turjan before that. Oh, I didn't know Terjan before that. Yeah. Uh, Terjan played Little Caps way back. Okay. I played but, um, him. Like, I played on his team. Like, there was, like, a random tournament that my dad just put me in. They threw yeah. me on a random team, and I was on his team. And it was all – he loved me because I would just pass him the puck, and he would just go fucking score. And he'd be like, dude, we just need to stay on the same team. I was like, yes, we do. Okay, so, like, <laughs> you want to talk about how I – like, that one year I was playing Bowie. It was my going to be my first year U18. So I was going to do a summer team. I did the Washington All-Stars, yeah. which is out – that's affiliated oh, yeah, with that, Potomac. Yeah. And I wasn't even thinking about juniors, no idea. So I got picked on that team somehow because I played at Bowie. Turgeon played at Bowie. The, the coach threw us on a line. I, like, probably didn't play well at all, but I just threw the puck in the middle of the ice, and Turgeon would somehow get it all the time and, and score, score a bunch of goals. And that's literally how I got signed to a junior team and then made the fourth line. To the Patriots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and never played at all because he would he got bumped up yeah, and he would keep doing first. well and well and well. But like that 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 just goes to show he was a type of player that could make others around him better. Yeah. I mean he was all and he was like not like a complete dickhead about it either when you were on Who? his team, Terjan. Oh, when yeah. if you ever played on his team, like he was like Oh he was like cool so dude. positive with everyone. He, he tried he tried to make you better. He would, yeah. like I remember him, he would try to talk to you, mm-hmm. tell you where to be he really would tell you where he was and how he was gonna play. Yeah. And he really wouldn't get mad at you right. like if you like fucked up at all. Like yeah, to go to the bench. Hey, my yeah. bad on the past. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was fun to talk shit to on the other team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get him riled up. Like Huntingtown him, Northern. Like, if you're on his team, he's awesome as fuck, but if you're playing against him, he's just gonna fucking He's fun to play against because he yeah, can cause take over a whole game. I would yeah. start running my mouth to him. Five minutes into the game, I'd be like, "Yo, fuck you, Terjan, you fucking pussy." If you got him, if you got him uh, out of the game, got inside of his head, that was pretty much. You really step on the ice for warm ups, and I just like smack a puck down, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he's he was fucking. Oh, Anthony declares so. because it was always me, Curb, and um, ah, who was it? It was always me, Curb, and someone. 
I think it was Kyle sometimes. It was either, it was either you or um, Alex Krebel switching out that one year. It was always, Every time we played Northern, it was me, Curb, and one of you two versus fucking Clark, Turgeon, and whoever the fuck they could find to put on that line with them. It was yeah. usually Jimmy Powers who couldn't skate, so it was like, all right, me and Kerb are just shutting down fucking Clark and Turgeon as much as we can. Yeah, I was going to say, if you could, like that. Like Alex, those a lot two. of the time they put Alex out there was just to fucking be an asshole to him. They were like... Those two, you could we just couldn't like fucking handle no. some games. Our our team was always just way too much offense. We had way way yeah we didn't way too much. We didn't awesome. they didn't back check like no one did. <clears throat> the, yeah, like we don't. Well, I mean, people only cared about scoring because we were playing teams that were so bad. Like everyone wanted to rack up points. Yeah, it got to that. I mean. I definitely always wanted to score because it, like, it was that fucking shit, fun. That shit changed my junior year. My junior, senior year, that shit changed pretty quickly. Yeah? Like, they, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, your, it was your senior year. Like, they would, uh, they sat me. Like, we, we'd be up like 12 nothing. They would sit me, me and Mitch, and I thought I thought they sat you and Kirby a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, they definitely would. Um, in senior year, like, Chip. It all started from my freshman year. The first year Huntingtown had a program, and uh, those seniors that came over – from yeah. uh, the Northern combined team. That was just kind of their mentality. They wanted to go out and beat everybody by the most points, score the most points. Yeah. Like, my senior year, Chip had none of it. If we were up by, like, even, like, five goals, um, me and Mitch sat, which kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. I remember a lot of yeah, times we'd be that in sucked. games and it, they'd pull the whole five passes before you got to fucking shoot and yeah. stupid shit. <clears throat> no, you, get, you start getting sat, like, the second period. You're like, this yeah. sucks. Like I yeah, remember, I, don't think I remember that's... Darnell having Skittles one time, and I was just eating Skittles from him. And he was like, "Here's a bunch of Skittles." And I was just sitting on the bench clowning with him. And I was like, "This but is that's ridiculous." Totally something. Like, this can... is not fun. I'm just sitting here eating Skittles on the bench and not able to play in this ten to one hockey game. I would I love to goals. interview like three or four coaches on the same topic of what do you do in that situation? Do you let your team just ramp up the goals? Do you let your team like what do you work on? Like what do you what do you do in that situation? Because us being a strong Huntington team, I think we kind of took it in a couple mm-hmm. different directions. Like you're saying, there were some some years where it was all out, score as many as you want. There were some years where it was past the puck. It was some years where you're getting sit if you're not listening to to what the coach is saying about yeah. passing the puck and shooting and scoring when you're playing a shittier team. But I also think it hurts the player's mindset when you're winning 7-5 to five and then he's just got to stop playing his game. And he starts getting bad habits that just... Playing shitty, not playing as hard. What do you mean? What do you mean seven to five game? Like a seven to five game is a pretty close game. Uh, I'm, I'm not I yeah, in high school. I mean seven to nothing. Like oh, I, I didn't yeah. mean to say that. I was, um, just I was gonna say in like my head. seven nothing game. Yeah, like but I think that hurts a lot of players, and I think. Uh, I don't know. It might be a character building thing too. I don't really yeah, know. Just we were never on the receiving end of that. Maybe like once or twice, but that was like a oddity. Like, I, I was kind of asking. I was on the receiving end of it for, yeah. a lot. Oh, you mean like losing seven nothing? Yeah, like when we were at, when we were. I mean, yeah, down. we never we never really like we blow everybody out and then we turn around like one game and we play some random team and just get fucking smacked. We'd be like, oh well, that sucks. <laughs> well, yeah. there's definitely times where we would go into games. I can remember and having a bad start because we would go in the mentality of we didn't want to go out and just blow out this team because we'd want to have an okay game at first. Like I remember there's games against Riken where we'd end up beating them huge, but first period might have been tight. Oh, we were always. Well, a there's slow. also games where we beat them like seven four. We we were always a slow starting team. If you ask any of our coaches, oh, I, yeah. I think yeah, they would we tell you that. Yeah, we just fucked around. Yeah, like we, like, dude, we, I wouldn't warm up. We would probably not be up. <clears throat> we would probably be up like, like, like four or five to like one, like 
like heading into the third sometimes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like 13 just to 1. Just erupts. Yeah. I mean, that's because we had so many kids that could just go in and like outskate them. Like, not only do they not have as yeah. many depth players, but they also get tired way more quicker. That's how that works. Yeah. I would definitely want to go back over the four years I was there and like look at all the goals that were scored against us. I bet you more than half were like two on ones, three on ones. Yeah, probably. Breakaways. Nobody fucking back No checking. one back checking. No, Defense I wouldn't pinching. Doubt it. Yeah. Like that's when that's when Chip would like my senior year. That's when Chip would get on. Like if you if he caught you doing that, you were done for the game. Didn't matter. Yeah, you guys definitely had a more uh, would act a structured dude, dude. structured team. I was say that final fool. year, and look what happened. You went the farthest. And then fucking he would act a fool. Your, his when we had did, were you on the team? Nope. For, nope. Dude, nope, 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 that nope. was a miserable thank year. Thank God, like. I, I had he, him at Bowie one year, and he was just—he's the worst. Kind of there, he's just yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's a great guy. I wouldn't knock him, but that's kind of how he was. What one of you just said? He was there. He was just kind of yeah. There. I don't really remember any coaching. I mean, no. But he—he, he, I mean, I kind of wouldn't say that too much because I think what he tried to do was kind of just let us do our own thing. He didn't want to try to do too much. He would, which I don't, town. which which I don't think was good. I, I was just saying, he—he would make for like a like. I don't know if this makes any sense, like a head coach on a football team where he's got an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator to actually do all the work for him. Yeah, he just right. kind of chills like Andy <laughs> Reid. <Reed. Yeah. sighs> Whereas it, does, it doesn't really work like that in high school hockey. No, I didn't. I never had him. I only had Randy. Yeah, well, you can see as yeah. the final game of the year when we were in the playoffs how much of a zoo that was. He had no control of the bench. Was Randy all. still oh, the head fun. coach your senior year? No, no Randy. Nobody. So he left when I graduated then. Yeah, that was his final year coaching. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Until but he came back. I mean, he came back he your assist, senior year. He was an assistant coach for us our senior year. My senior year, he did nothing, though. He's probably yeah. shook from the year before, dude. We fucking jumped his ass so hard at the end of the season. I mean... Like, we all, were, we all like, hated him. Yeah, I know. For I, trying to make a big deal out of Chesapeake Cup yeah. instead of state playoffs. We were all, like, so fucking salty about that. Yeah, we just... Because even though that... We were Elk, done. Even though that Glen Elk team beat the fucking wheels off of us, like, we were a better team than them. We were done. We were a way better team than them. We well, they had... They, they were a better team, but they had... They had, like, three, two guys. They had the three best players on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Those, their three best players yeah, were, those, were way better than us, and their yeah. goalie was good. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that shouldn't have been a 7-1 game. No, probably not. That should have been a really good game. And then fucking... Um, uh, then, then they went and played Walt Whitman in the fucking championship. And we played Walt Whitman in Frederick Cup that but, year. But there you go, right there. Well, yeah, tell, we played Walt Whitman like every year. I'll tell we you why in the that Frederick wasn't Cup that year game. and beat them four to two. With like we, Brian skating out. We were never that good in in games where we played against great like like good teams. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. We, my, did, we didn't get that exposure, and all we got was the purple puck. I would agree. Like we we didn't come like. We never really came to play in big games. Like no, the only we, the only one we did was Easton. We yeah we came in Northern. beating out teams ten to nothing. Then we sometimes get in a close game. I'll say sometimes Northern Northern would beat us. Yeah. They, okay, but uh, they're, often, they're talking but they about would. a team just having players. Whenever we played Northern, it was two players. Yeah, I, I know. I'm agreeing with you, yeah. Kyle. Like what I'm saying is we, we never, never played full t- like Glen, we, El- Glen Elg that year. So they had three really good players, but their other people were still they were a better team than most. Yeah, the best six forty five Friday night version one was jumping. Which one? But if you got like a six forty five Friday night version, oh, and yeah. everybody just shows up, and you're like, oh, this is nuts. Like my senior year when we beat them, it was like it was slow starting. It was like it was like uh, I want to say it was only two to one, like mid second period in this game, and we went on and won ten to two. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't remember that game actually. I don't remember that game at all. That's when they pulled um who they pulled? They pulled whoever the goalie was and put Horak in. I remember because as soon as they put Horak in, somebody wanted to draw to me, and I just one timed it and just went over to the fucking glass. I'm just like, pow, motherfucker! I remember the nine to seven game that we lost in Tucker, because um, that they had that one kid. Um, fuck the kid from Maine. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wesley. Wes, yeah, yeah, Wes. That kid was like, he, he came in, and he was even better than Clark and, and Turgeon. Like he dominated that game. He was a small, game. like beefy kid. Yeah. And I muscle. think he came in my freshman year, it was the first year. He, he um and he he knew like how to like almost like cheat and get away with it because yeah. he was hooking and slashing. He was always like, hooking. He would fuck always fuck like, everybody. Uh, yeah. And like he, he was like he was getting away with it. Like he they weren't calling shit and we were, he was like in our head like we were just bitching the entire time about him. He was good. And yeah, and they ended up beating us that game and then there was like a 3 to 2 game that we won. I want to say that was those were both your senior years, when, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Bark down, off the bar, bark, bark down, Us bark and down, off the bar and down. What a shot! Mid Atlantic Prep Hockey League time now. MAPHL. Um, two games tonight, I guess I should say. Uh, it is Georgetown Prep at Spalding tonight, and it is Landon at St. John's. And there's one more game Monday. It's a makeup. It's Mount St. Joe's to St. John's. Standings as we currently have them. Georgetown Prep 7-1-1 at 15 points. St. John's second with 14 points. Landon third at 13. Mount St. Joe's fourth at 12 points. DeMatha and O'Connell both at 11. DeMatha will take that tiebreaker due to having five wins, four losses, one tie, and O'Connell going 4-3-3. Gonzaga... 7th at 10, and then St. Albans currently in a playoff spot with 7 points. Here's the thing, though. So, these teams are locked in. The math is locked into that 5 seed. O'Connell, the 6 seed. Gonzaga, the 7th. That's not going to change. Here's what can change tonight, though. If Spalding beats Georgetown Prep, they get the 8 seed. If they lose, St. Albans gets the 8 seed. So, like we said, St. Albans, they're 2-5-3 at 7 points. Spalding, 1-4-4 at 6 points. So all those ties, they're keeping them in contention there. St. John's, they pretty much hold the keys to the top four seedings. So if they win their last two, obviously they'll get first. Uh, If they win one game and Georgetown Prep loses to Spalding, they'll still get first. If they beat Landon and lose to Mount St. Joe, Mount St. Joe will get that three seed. Landon will get the four seed. If St. John's loses both, they're the four seeds. So they could drop anywhere from that top seed to the four seed, and that's tough because you can go from that top seed and either get to play Spalding or St. Albans. Tough teams, good goalies, or you got to play the math the first round, which is a whole different beast all on its own. Um, St. John's, they'll just need one point in these last two games to lock up that first seed. So if Georgetown Prep does lose to Spalding, they'll finish with 15 points. St. John's, if they get one point over the next two, they'll finish with 15. St. John's, however, head-to-head. Here's the weird thing about tonight. Not weird. It's Georgetown Prep. The lowest seed they can get is two, since they do hold that tiebreaker over Landon with the head-to-head win. But regardless, you got to think tonight's big for them. Um, they've struggled to kind of find some offense. I mean, in two of their last three games, they've beat Yorktown one to nothing, and they tied Bullis one to one. So the offensive firepower hasn't been there per se. Um, it's it, and like we said, it's a must win for Spalding. It's on the road for the Hoyas. It's Sparky and goal. It's we mentioned it. If Spalding wins, they jump up because St. Albans is done. They're finished. They got ten games played. Two, five, and three. 
Um, Spalding needs this win to make the playoffs, and who knows? If you can get in, you can win. It's it's the MAPHL. We saw it last year. Four, five, six, I mean, five, six, seven, and eight all upset one, two, three, and four in that first round for the first time, I think, ever. So there's there's parity in the league. It's anybody can win on any given night, and it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough sled. And I, I think St. John's will win at least one of these last two games. Regardless, they are tough. But it's it's awesome to see Mount St. Joe's, the team making the playoffs for the first time in history, and they're getting a, and you know, at worst a four seed. So good for the Gales on that. Shout out to you guys. But it's going to be an interesting MAPHL playoffs for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Um, like you said, you could think any team's going to win. I mean, Gonzaga is locked in at the seven seed. Gonzaga, the three-time, the three-time defending champions, three straight championships, and they're seventh. I mean, that's a team that can go on a roll and win it. O'Connell's right above them. That's a team that's deep, top to bottom. They can go on a roll. They can beat anybody. Demathic can beat anybody. Mount St. Joe's can beat anybody. St. John's can beat anybody. It's 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 up and down the lineup, obviously, um, in the MAPHL. So. Tonight, two big games. We'll have a lot more clarity after tonight, and then Monday they're going to finish it off. But WCAC playoffs start next week, I believe. Uh, WCAC playoffs, IAC playoffs, and, and MIAA playoffs will all be going down uh, next week because the week after, that's MAPHL playoffs, baby. So teams are going to be out there trophy chasing. And I think O'Connell with that win over Gonzaga uh, earlier this week, I think Wednesday, that secured them the first seed. Um, in the WCAC, I think it's either them or St. John's. We'll have to fact check that. But a lot of good playoff hockey coming up, and this is this is the time of year where everybody buckles down and things get exciting. So MAPHL roundup there for you. Bart down. Off the bar. Bart down. Bart and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right, and we have on Joe LaCour of the MSHL. Um, basically, we're just going to ask you a few questions about how the season's going, the playoffs, uh, any predictions you that you might have. So uh, how has the season been going so far? Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's been a very competitive season in uh, in uh, all the conferences. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I've, uh, I've been pleased with that. I mean, we don't have, like, a, a team that, that ran away and hid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like in the past, uh, you know, we had a few that would that did that, but this year it's, you know, it's all, uh, it's it's been competitive, and a, a couple of county races came down to the last game. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, the Monocracy Valley will come down to uh, Friday night's game. And uh, uh, who are those games play? Uh, Urbana is playing Carroll County, okay. and if Urbana beats Carroll County, they'll have first place. Okay. Um, so yeah, do you do you have an early prediction for the playoffs right now? Uh, as to who's gonna oh boy, I can give you um, uh, as to who's gonna win it. Um, no, not this year. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of parity uh, in this league this year, huh? This year, yes. Uh, Churchill uh, is not the uh, is not the ten uh, ton. Elephant in the room anymore. Right, right. Uh, uh, they've come down a lot. A couple of teams have come up. Uh, Marriott's Ridge, I think, is a very strong contender this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a goaltender mm-hmm. in uh, Gavin Ross, who, who is uh, who got them to the finals uh, his uh, freshman year. Then he took two years uh, that he did not play for the last two years, mm-hmm. but he's back this year, and he is a very solid goaltender. Uh, they have the talent. Uh, to at least, I, I you know, get to the semifinals, and after the you know, 
<laughs> semifinals are always a crapshoot. Right. So who's going to come out of uh, Easton? Surprisingly, Easton. Uh, former NHL linesman Tim Nowak mm-hmm. is now behind the bench, and he has uh, got that team hit, hitting on all 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 cylinders and. Uh, they're the top seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they, you know, this is the first time in a bit uh, that they've uh, been up at that level. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I know I know about like probably like six or seven years ago, they made the playoffs quite a, bit, uh, quite a lot, right? Yes, they did. And they uh, they finished in second place one year to, uh, to Churchill. Mm-hmm. I think that was the, I was going to say, is either the first year of their five-year run, or it was two years before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you know, they're uh, they're uh, they're going to be strong. Uh, Falston and Severna Park will will challenge them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and the way the Eastern Conference playoffs work, uh, the two quarterfinal winners plus Falston and Easton will are will be in the state tournament. As to where they'll be seated, depends on how the how their playoffs uh, function. Right. Uh, out west, Washington County or Urbana. Uh, Washington County's got a good team. They're playing St. Albans tomorrow. We'll see how they do against private schools. Right. Uh, this year, the private schools have owned the MSHL. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the the uh, private schools owned. have. Yeah, they've they've gotten some. Uh, they've created some good teams over the years. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, with Churchill one year. Ran the table except for uh, a, a, block, a a tie against Gonzaga, mm-hmm. but ever, um, it, but the past couple of years uh, the private schools uh, have owned the public schools at least in Maryland. And, right. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery Conference, Churchill's the team to beat, yeah. uh, but they stumbled. They lost to Richard Montgomery the other day. Right. Huh? Uh, they're not. Uh, they're a bit banged up, uh, and uh, they will be. Uh, I mean, they're the, they're, they clinched first place in the Montgomery Conference a, a few a few weeks ago. So you know they're you know so they're the number one Montgomery, two, three, and four. Wooten, Walter Johnson, and probably BCC. Mm-hmm. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Yep. So, so uh, you think this is definitely could be a, a good chance that that Winston Churchill gets knocked off this year? You have to beat the king in order to get. But the the king is still on his throne, right? And in order, uh, you got they have been there five straight years. Right. They know what it's like to to for the pressure when you're playing before a packed barn. Uh. They and they have that institutional, whatever you want to call it, that says, "Hey, we're good," and you got, you know, you 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 have to bring your A game in right. order to beat us. Right, you have to play perfect. Uh, they are they they are the team to beat. Right, but this year Churchill, if they bring their B game, is going to get beat. Right. Well, and and that's huge for for teams out there that uh might be kind of like an underdog. You beat you come in and you beat yeah. a team like Churchill, you're going to get a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and roll into the playoffs. Maybe uh make it farther and deeper than you probably would. Right. I you know uh, true absolutely. Uh, I think our quarterfinal, semifinal, you know our quarterfinal, semifinal rounds going to be some of the most competitive hockey mm-hmm. that people will see. You know, in public school hockey in Maryland. 
Right. Uh, and I urge anybody to come out to Laurel uh, the last week of February. Yeah, it's always uh, the a Monday, great. Wednesday, and Friday, and uh, it's always packed there. It's a it's a great it's a great uh, game to watch. Hopefully, yep. Hopefully, it's going to be packed. I mean, uh, there's nothing like playing in front of your schoolmates. Yep. For a title, for sure. Um, yep. So, for those who don't know out there, can you explain the playoff structure and what it looks like for the MSHL? Okay, it's okay. It's divided. It's 16 teams qualify. Uh, I'll give you four from the Eastern Conference, four from Montgomery, three from Howard, three from uh, the Monocacy Valley Conference, and two from the Southern Conference. Mm. And uh, I and I forgot to mention the Southern Huntingtown and Northern. Mm-hmm. Two good teams. Uh, they, uh, Northern's got a really good uh, got a good goaltending tandem, and they if they bring their A game, they can surprise people. Okay. Uh, okay, so we so we have sixteen teams picked. Then we then we have a we have a seating formula that that the board of uh, directors agreed upon, and we there's a random draw draw to see where everybody's seated. All right. It is not based on let's say the my hockey power rankings record, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a random draw. And where uh, teams are seated, uh, you know the first, the first, four, the first place teams go in one, in in, then the second place teams, then the third place teams, and then finally two fourth place teams are put in. Mm-hmm. And we put them in, and then each bracket plays down to a winner, and each winner then plays for the title. Right. So, so uh, does it? Do they reseed after each round, or? No. Nope. No, the, turn, the tournament is never is not is not receded. Mm-hmm. So if number eight in bracket one beats number one, it's going to play the winner of the four five game. Right. In that bracket, there's no receding. Right. So just is, like just just like the Maryland State playoffs in every sport, but football, there's gotcha. no receding. So is there like a one, one bracket that would uh, you would say would be the toughest that a team would have to come out of? Oh. Oh boy, uh, uh, I think it's bracket two. Okay, it's the one, uh, the one that doesn't have Churchill in it. Right. Put it this way, I think yeah. it, it, it'd be the it'd be the tougher of the two brackets. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, go ahead. Now that's that, that's not saying the other one's easy. I mean, uh, there's some interesting matchups. Let's say in the first round where you might have like East, uh, like. Howard two versus Montgomery two or something like that. Right. You're like, eh, one second place team is disappearing early. Right. Uh, so, you know, the quarterfinals can be interesting, and we can have some not so in- interesting games. Right. Yeah. Could but be. Could be kind of all over the place. Uh, it could be. I mean, Southern Conference is probably of the five is. It, uh, they they struggle traditionally in the playoffs. Right. I wish they didn't, but they struggle. Uh, I mean, last year we put three Montgomery County teams in the uh, se- in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, does that say something about Montgomery County? Yeah, it does. Right. They practice twice. I mean, I tell you, they practice twice a week, and they take it seriously. Uh, they take they 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 play like they like they're a school-based team. Right. Not like some teams take it as we're, okay, our primary focus is club hockey. You know, our guys are just here to, you know, we're going to play more relaxed. Right. Uh, I think uh, 
but I think the Montgomery County schools, because they practice twice a week. They kind of take it more like as a varsity team. Right. And they they are fast. Right. They are a fast-paced team, and teams that are not used to that pace get worn down. Right, and I think it, it probably has something to do as well as with the, their weaker schedule, with that being a weaker division for the Southern Conference, that they're just not as prepared going into the playoffs of that with well, that speed. I, yeah, I mean, part of it is geography. Yeah. I mean, getting teams to travel to Waldorf. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, you know, or you know, or getting teams to travel to Hagerstown. Yep. You know, people like, you know, there's dragons or krakens at either place and people are, you know, don't want to go there. Right. Um, um, so you have, you have tough, you, have, you don't have, you know, you're not going to see the Gonzagas go down to Waldorf or the Southern Conference teams go up and play Gonzaga or DeMath or Landon or something like, you know, teams like that. Right. Uh, Churchill, I mean, their record's not that great, but they play the top of schedule. Right, yeah. Of, of, of all the public school teams. Which, because, and that is to prepare them for the playoffs, I think, a little yes. bit. Uh, the other thing is they're used to losing. They know what losing feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a team that might have run the table easily, and then they get into a tough situation, and it's like, eh, you know, yep. what are, you know, how do we do it? So, yeah. Um, so I guess my last question here is: um, are, Who are the top players in this league to watch for in the playoffs? Is there any? Are there any particular players that could maybe carry a team through the playoffs, or maybe even a goalie that uh, you might see? I will see? give you. I will give you three goalies. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because my son played goalie mm-hmm. in the MSHL. Yep. Uh, I will say he won two titles. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so and my other uh, my. Um, his older brother was also part of that team, so he won two titles too. Oh, nice. uh, anyway, uh, so I'll give you three goalies: Gavin Ross from Mar- uh, from Marriott's Ridge. Okay. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, him earlier. Yeah, I did. Uh, Peter Van Itterson for Bethesda Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. And then there's a goaltending tandem down at Northern: Jacob Harding and. I just, I just dropped the other name. Oh, my God. This is gonna, his mother's going to shoot me. <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah, uh, the other goalie guy. Uh, oh, my God. His mother's going to shoot me because <laughs> I'm going to see him tomorrow night. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a goaltending duo down there at Northern. Both of them are absolutely dynamite goaltenders, and they can steal a game. Yeah. Uh, those are the uh, scoring-wise. Uh I have. I don't think there's anybody this year. There's no Phil Satin this year. Okay. That a, a guy who can, who will put a team on his back and just carry them into the championship and 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 to the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, frankly, Phil Satin is the one or once was once in the, one in a generational player in in this league. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we have a lot of good players. Uh, that uh, and I uh, and they're just spread out. I don't think there's anyone outstanding, outstanding that I could say uh, is uh, team to watch for. It's teams I would say to watch for right. because it be a team sport. Churchill, Marriott's Ridge, Easton, Severna Park, Falston, Wooten. 
Okay. Uh, and Glenelg. Yeah. I'll throw those in. Well, those teams are, I think, the teams to watch. And that's not disparaging, let's say, Washington County or Urbana or Huntingtown or Northern. It's just that perennially, perennially they are, I think they're going to be very good teams. I think those teams are the ones to watch. Yeah, and some of those teams have the history to do it as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and who knows? We could have we, we could have a Cinderella. Yeah, should be great. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that's that's always great for the league to see that. I know there's, I mean, it has happened. I, I like I I would say like ten years ago maybe. I mean, you saw uh, one year maybe uh, the Athelton Huntingtown. Uh, that was kind of random. Um, championship mm-hmm. there kind of in the middle of that oh, Churchill or not in the middle of the Churchill it was right before the Churchill um yeah but then minutes. yeah right. Walt Whitman Walt Whitman was a pretty good team back in the day yep um mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it would we would love to see a Cinderella story here come about um mm-hmm. but yeah I guess that's all the questions we have for you uh we appreciate your time okay. I appreciate you uh, yep. having you on and explaining the uh, playoffs it's a good playoff preview mm-hmm. that to have for the MSHL yeah, and hopefully uh, okay. we, we can get you back on after the playoffs and kind of talk about what, what went down, surprises, yeah. stuff like that. So we're looking forward to it. We'll be following along. Okay, sure. and uh, okay, yeah, and I look forward to hearing you. And, and any fans out there, they're welcome to any of our games. Oh, yeah. And, no. Yeah, we'll definitely oh. we'll definitely try to make it out to uh, Laurel and uh, see uh, okay. the final four great. games. <laughs> okay, great. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, thanks, Joe. All right, Joe. Thanks, buddy. Okay, great. See you. Yeah. See, see you guys. Bart down. What's going on, guys? It's producer Brando. The uh, outro for this episode kind of got maybe erased or forgotten about. No one can really remember. But here's your outro. Follow us at Chirpin DMV, all social media platforms. Like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Talk to you guys later. Keeping myself so busy Personal